Hello and welcome back to the WeRZ podcast. Today we're going to be talking about online learning and technology with Amanda Doe Amaral, the CEO and founder of Fiveable. So first, it's such a pleasure to get to speak with you. It's almost as if a media celebrity <laughs> from using your website. <laughs> Actually, I just used the website earlier today. Um, I had a um, AP Euro short answer quiz, uh, I mean short answer test, probably about an hour ago. So <laughs> it, it was super helpful. Oh, I mean, it was great. We talked about the French Revolution and um, the um, all that cool stuff. So your website was extremely helpful in that process. Yeah, and, and just to start, we really appreciate you uh, being our guest for this episode. So just to start with, for those that are probably not involved in the AP Euro or AP History, can you just give us a brief introduction of who you are and what Fiveable is? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amanda Doamaral. I'm the founder of Fiveable. Um, started actually about three years ago, and before that I was an AP teacher. And so a lot of what Fiveable is today and what we are building is about thinking, thinking about a social learning uh, experience that students can have after school and online. And, and right now also, especially with AP subjects, creating a lot of content and, and events to really bring kids together with awesome teachers and students from across the country that have already passed that can help share their, their experience and wisdom. Awesome. And what kind of prompted this idea of creating the website? Like what led you to building uh, this platform? Yeah. So I taught uh, AP World and AP Human Geography for five years in Oakland. Um, and then I left my school after the 16-17 school year. And I was one of those teachers that was really kind of going against the grain. And like, we did a lot of projects and students wrote a lot and, and it was a kind of a fun place. And so I, after I left, I started hearing from some of my former students about halfway through the next school year. And it was like, Ms. D, you got to help us. Like, we're all about to fail this A-push test. Our teacher's not teaching us, you know how it is. And so I got those emails and just thought, yeah, like I got, I need to do something. And so I just started live streaming for my former students just was like, I'll go live. I'll talk to you about, you know, American history and the concepts you need to know and practice DBQs. And then, uh, you know, mostly I can really just like help boost your confidence, like remind you that you absolutely can do this and it's not too hard or, or you know, anything like that. And so as I was streaming, I was thinking, I bet other students would want to be in on this. Like, as long as I'm going to be live, let me share the links. So I started sharing those links in just the AP students subreddit and the discord channel and in Facebook groups with teachers. And next thing I know, I'm teaching like 2,500 kids about AP world and AP US history. Um, and that was for the 2018 exam. Um, and so since then has really just been kind of seeing the opportunity and, and um, need, right? Like seeing that there was real, really an issue around how students were learning at school and what kinds of resources existed, especially after school. And so that was really how Fiveable began. And, and since then, it's just very much evolved as we've supported a lot more students and gotten to know better what exactly they need and, and how we could best help them. And, and just in terms of the website content, so whenever I'm on the website, uh, comparatively to other websites, let's say, um, the AP official website is Fiveable is a very approachable website, especially the use of emoji. And I'm sure that's intentional. So 
are there any other things that you do to purposefully connect with the younger or Gen Z audience? Well, I think for us, for me as a teacher, I I just knew that, you know, and even for me as a student, some of these prep books and textbooks are really dense and hard to read. And sometimes you see, just like you said, like on other websites, you're like, you have to like reread it a bunch of times. You're like, what is this even saying? And so I knew that in order to really like the, the main goal, the main like thing that I care about is making education just far more accessible for more students. And so even if your, your reading level isn't quite on, on grade level or whatever it is, you should still be able to access this content. And so the way that we've gone about doing that is actually working with a lot of students. And so a lot of our content study guides, um, things are written by teachers, but also in a lot, a lot of them are written by students. A lot of the videos or streams are hosted by students. Um, we have students on our team, like creating content for social and on our support team. Um, there's a lot of students that work on our team. And that's really helped us to ensure that everything we do is student friendly. I mean, even when we have a study guide that's written by a teacher, we actually have student editors that go through and they're the ones that'll add the emojis or highlight sentences that just are too wordy or too too much. You know, we can make these more simple. And so I think a big part of what we always wanted to do is be fun and be more, you know, approachable and, and student friendly. And I really like that idea of like adapting around the student. Um, something that I learned over time, initially I was homeschooled. So when I got into school, I kind of had to figure out what type of learner I was. Uh, and I eventually figured out a more of an audio and kinesthetic learner, um, which I think is really interesting that you've adapted instead of like kids going through and reading these really, as you said, dense textbooks, um, you have like these out, you have these outlets to like watch someone review you and test you over the information. And I think that's really interesting. Um, so what is the, what are some of the areas as a high school history teacher that you saw traditional education needed to improve kind of building off that idea that we just talked about of adapting? I think a lot of the systems that we have right now are, they just like haven't been changed in a long time, right? I think if you just like really take a step back and think about our education system, it's very industrial, right? Even just the way we're at, at school in, in these settings, in, in rows, you're being lectured to what we're learning. It's very, it's, it's like, it's meant to produce workers, right? Like in, in its, it's like basic sense. And so I think a lot of what we've even seen in the last year with COVID has created this urgency around really rethinking what it is we're even doing at schools and classrooms. What's the point? Why are we, what, you know, is school just a place that we send kids so that parents can go to work? Or are we actually trying to create students who are in very much in touch with what's going on in the world, that they understand the, the global crises, that the, they see purpose in what they're learning. They have a path towards a future, right? Whether that's whatever future that may be, like that they can see I'm learning this in class and I can totally see how that's going to help me get a job or build a company or work on, you know, become a YouTuber, whatever it is, right? And so I think a lot of the way that we teach has to change, has to shift because technology has shifted because the types of jobs you can have has massively shifted. Like you can build an entire future on being a creator, 
you can have podcasts, you can have, you know, newsletters, you can be an influencer. Like you have all these different types of roles that are totally valuable jobs now. Like you can very much build, you know, build your own success in that. But school feels very disconnected from the realities of the opportunities that you have. So I think from a, from a high level, I think we just really need to think about what types of skills we're teaching students, what ways we're making things relevant. You know, as we're sitting today in November of 2020 in the midst of a pandemic and, you know, national crisis around, you know, politics, there's so much going on, climate change. Like, how are we actually engaging students so that they see, sure, you're learning this European history or this, these statistics or whatever it might be. And those skills are valuable, but let's actually connect them to what's going on in the world. Let's also make sure that students leave school and graduate knowing how to use technology, not just a Google slide deck, but how do you build a website? You know, how do you actually like have an online presence? You know, all these different pieces I think are just as valuable that are really not in traditional curriculums. And I think a lot of what we need to do is really rethink all those pieces. Yeah, and that basically answers my next question, which is really how, what's the values of education aside from the AP scores and credits? So, you know, that, that really resonates with me and, and I'm sure Paul's well of how um, the usefulness of, of education, how that implies to everyday world. And again, that's just such an important, um, important topic that, that is overlooked. So, but right now I want to kind of move on to the more a business side of uh, Fiveable. So for all the little articles I've read of seeing that Fiveable has had tremendous success from venture funds and with um, just the business model in general. So can you just kind of share a little bit more about um, what are some, what is just a general business model for Fiveable? Yeah, so we're actually kind of at an interesting point in, in our journey where um, there are there are just when you think about startups, there's a lot of companies that can that can raise money because of user growth, right? And for us, in a lot of ways, that's something that's that's actually been more of our story because we've been able to reach so many students so quickly. Like by the time we hit this AP season, it will be our fourth AP season, and we'll, we're going to have like millions of students on the site. And so that's, there are only 3 million kids. And so we've, we've basically been able to prove that we can reach students and we can engage them and um, be able to retain them. Like, how do we get them to keep coming back? Um, and as we've been building out more of our technology, and that's what we've been able to raise money to do, that now we're sort of in a stage where we're like, okay, let's really dig into what problems are we solving? How can we continue to drive user growth? And then laying on a business model on top of that. And so one of the things that our investors have been able to unlock for us is time. It's just time to figure that out so that we don't have to, you know, just kind of pick something and make that work because we needed those funds. Instead, we can we can really experiment with a bit more things so that a year from now, 18 months from now, we have a better sense of what we're, what are we going to charge for and what exactly will that how does that align with our mission? So for now, the the way that we've monetized is through things like cram sessions and um, different live streams and experiences so that students can access uh, teachers who live anywhere and be able to like be a part of a, a community space. And we've just made sure that that's really accessible. So, for example, this spring, 
we'll have cram sessions uh, running from the end of March to May, including our, our five hour day before the test finale. And that's a $25 pass to come to all of those. So sort of thinking about group tutoring and how we can connect students to those resources. Just, you know, obviously your business has, has had tremendous success. Um, and especially with COVID and with online learning, um, that's how I personally discovered Fiveable actually. Um, I've never relied on online resources and that was the first time that I was like, huh, that, that looks interesting. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm proud to say I'm part of that 840,000 people, <laughs> but I, so, so, <laughs> I'm glad to have you. <laughs> so I just got on the website just now and I see there's a little line that it goes 111 and 55, 111,000 and 55 students are studying with Fiveable. And I mean, yeah. that's an incredible number. Yeah, so to get, here's some like real time data. I'll just like open stuff up right as I'm talking to you. <laughs> In the last 30 days, we've had 486,000 students on our site just in the last 30 days. And so it's just like, it, it is just kind of like, it's, sometimes I'm just like, this is crazy. This is outrageous. Like, how is this happening? Um, and I think it just kind of speaks to, we were building something before COVID that needed to exist. COVID then has just accelerated it. You know, if, if all of this didn't happen, would there be that many students on the site right now? I don't know. Maybe yes, but maybe no. I mean, I think it's just changed what people are looking for and when they're looking for it. Thank you. I mean, that was a, that, that's amazing on what you are able to achieve. And, um, and I'd like to echo just what you talked about of how technology can almost break down the geographical barriers. You know, myself, I'm an exchange student from China. So um, the only way I can connect with my family back in China is through WeChat, which is basically like Zoom. And like you said, I mean, really technology is, is being able to bring everyone together. Um, and that's just such an amazing thing that um, it, it will be able to be accessible for all. So um, we, I mean, just as myself, um, being able to be part of this, I'm, I'm really, really glad. So just to close our interview yeah. off, uh, last question is, what is your favorite AP Euro individual? My favorite individual in AP Euro? Correct. So any, any, any person, historic person that's Ooh. in the AP Euro time period. And, and I'm actually going to add an extra layer. It's got to be before the French Revolution, 1815, because that's, that's, that's where <laughs> I stopped. After that, you can say whoever you want. I'm not going to say, okay, great, because I'm going to have no idea what you're talking about. But um, <laughs> anyone before 18, uh, 1815. It's tough. I, so I taught AP World, so Euro is not quite my strength. Um, and so this is not, this is a little bit part of it, but a little bit different. But I always kind of point to um, Toussaint uh, Louverture in Haiti, um, who, you know, basically fought against, you know, Napoleon and all in the end the French um, because of the French Revolution. And I, I just like think that generally, like, you know, when you think about some of these different spaces that France had colonized or even that Britain had colonized or any of these different uh, European countries. I think about the leaders there and how they uh, were sent, essentially meant to like, you know, learn under European education standards and, and kind of supposed to be held to those standards, but then would kind of look at the, the act of colonization and imperialism and, and think, 
okay, if you have this declaration of, you know, rights and you have these enlightened thinkers saying that all is, is meant, you know, the people are meant to have this power, then how can you stand for these types of colonized experiences? And so I really like, I, I find these leaders fascinating because they're basically taking the parts of um, the things that happened in Europe and holding them up as examples of why independence was so necessary, you know, kind of calling the, the leaders hypocrites, right? Like, how can you have this colonized space when you are also preaching independence and freedom and, and natural rights and all these different things? And so I think that's kind of where I go to because I'm more of the world historian. And so I think about Europe's impact on the world and how that's affected even all the way up to today. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because we did have a discussion on him and also the fact that how he became a free man and uh, and then became a revolution, a French Revolution Jacobin. So, I mean, it's just it's definitely a very interesting person. And like you said, how he brought the alignment ideals to um, Haiti and al almost similar to what, you know, George Washington and um, the group in America did and when they brought the John Locke ideals to to America. So I think. I think that's that. That's, that's what was. What was the woman's name that wrote the? Um, oh, I know. Basically, like, the Declaration of Olymp Olymp Olympia de, de Gorge, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, for her to kind of say like, "Okay, men, like if if this is what you want to stand for, that's awesome. But what about us? What about women? How does this only apply to half the population and not the other half?" And so I think she's another person that. It didn't end well for her, but yeah, it didn't I end think well, in terms of just height of the... standing up and saying and pointing that out and, and writing it, it's it's inspiring. I think and I'm sure that there are other women that that built off of exactly what she did. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And she's definitely a really, really um, significant figure in the French Revolution as well. So, well, that we're we're probably about five minutes past our uh, interview time, but that was such a pleasure talking to you and uh, I'm turning my camera back on and. It was so it was so amazing. Learned so much about your business model and learned so much about experience and um, learned about who you like for AP Euro, which is another huge part for my intention to talk to you. So uh, that was really exciting. So thank you for being part of this. Again, thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about Where Is the Podcast, you can find our website at wrzpod.com. And our email is connect at wrzpod.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WRZPod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks.